We come to podcast for all mankind. Welcome back to NASA Vending Machine, your one-stop shop for coverage of For All Mankind. I'm Dan Morin, and I am joined, as always, by Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Dan, why is this episode called Happy Valley? It is not happy. It is not, not happy, not there's happy. A real, there's a real valley. Not though. happy. I mean, not, <laughs> it takes a dip. Mm, mm, I did not have crushed by spaceship <laughs> like crushed a steamroller <laughs> on my bingo card boy uh yeah i uh i definitely had that moment watching that we're just going oh my god and you're like do the hand over the mouth thing like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's horrifying i don't think i wanted to watch that uh yeah well we're here to discuss season three episode four happy valley not so happy not happy uh <laughs> there's a few interesting i mean this episode is interesting i think it it raises some stakes it moves us on like we we last week right we had the uh the jump the time jump ahead because it's like well all right we've we've settled the like in the that three episodes in the beginning sort of set us up for the upcoming race to mars and now we're we're in it right we're racing yeah so uh i enjoyed uh this episode a lot of that is basically you know, we spent a lot of time in space, which we haven't spent too much in. And we were reminded, as we were at the beginning of the season, space is not a great place to be. Uh, so we'll run a quick recap. Uh, essentially, a lot of this episode is about following the three ships that are headed for Mars, which is Phoenix, the Helios Hotel, now uh, Mars mm-hmm. spaceship, Sojourner, which is the NASA ship. And I believe the Russian ship is just called Mars 94. Yeah. I think that's right. They they yep. give it the uh, I think they give it the the Russian number at one point here, but yeah. I my Russian's a little rusty, so yeah. And Mars is um, spelled in Cyrillic, yeah. and it's it's fun. Mars, yes. Uh, so like a big section of the episode is that, and there's some like fun back and forth stuff. I think it's hard to like make exciting a race that takes not only has these huge distances but also is something that often feels like a foregone conclusion because of the math, right? You're like, well, you're going fast. It's physics now, right? Like, essentially. And so very early on, it seems like Phoenix is in the lead, and everyone's like, well, they're in the lead, right? Like, you can't catch up. That's right. Uh, And then we discover that Sojourner has a secret... System on board. Yeah, the Jolly Roger. Solar sails. The Jolly Roger system, which I... (laughs) First of all, uh, iPod spotting. Uh, yes. Kelly has an iPod, which yeah, the, is... The iPod has arrived... Uh, seven years early. S- mm-hmm. That's right. So it's co coexisting with the Newton. Weird. What a world. What I just want the... World. I want the spinoff show that's all about the Apple of the, in this universe. Well, I think the... Yeah, I, I mean, we need to talk to some people about that. I'm curious about this. I am endlessly curious about this, but I do... Um, I'm going to just sort of assume that the Newton in this universe just evolves into the iPhone. Like, yes, it just kind of exactly. like keeps on going and... And instead of calling it iPhone, they call it... Maybe it's not an iPod. Maybe it's like Newton Pod or something. Ooh. Yes. The, <laughs> the, the Newton goes the on forever, Jason. Oh, man. Uh, it does. <laughs> um, I We also have uh, uh, basically some other... There's some other stuff dropped along here. There's a North Korean probe somewhere out there going to Mars. They yeah. mentioned in this episode. Um, yeah, just pl- just just wild. Just planting that there, I feel like that will be uh, necessary at an unknown future event, right? Like it's like, but mm-hmm, wait, what mm-hmm. about the North Korean probe? Right, uh, exactly. Mm. We we also have uh, we learned that uh, one of the astronauts on the NASA Sojourner is, I believe, this guy is from the end of season two, right? Yeah, he's, he's the, the defector. He, he's the defector. 
He's yeah. the defector who defects at the moon base. And he is on the Sojourner mission, on the NASA mission. And, of course, they think he's a, a, a traitor, all the, all the Soviets do. Um, yeah. And he's got his, you know. That may or may to, not be relevant. Talking to his, his uh, wife and kid and all of that. Yeah. Um, and so as, you know, now Sojourner's got these solar sails and it's going to boost it and they're going to get there in front of Helios, uh, a fact that Dev Iessa is not happy about. Mm-hmm. And we start to, uh, speaking of, you know, you had your theories uh, previous weeks about the, who the villains are. Yes. I think we very clearly learned that Dev in this episode is not you know, a good person. <laughs> we, we heard from a lot of listeners who are like, why, why are you saying that Dev is like a cult leader and that Helios is like a cult? He's, it seems all reasonable. And I'm like, first off, this is a TV show and there's yeah. going to be drama. And also, I, I don't think a billion, a tech billionaire who's running an operation and, and uh, makes it seem like it's all, you know, egalitarian is going to end up being revealed to being exactly as good as he seems, right? Like, right. Mm. yeah. I mean, that's text, right? The t- you got to look at the subtext. There's yeah. a lot of stuff. It's shot and played and written in a way that is supposed to make it seem alienating. Yeah. If it had turned out that it wasn't, I would have had some deep questions for the writers. Right. But but the colors get revealed pretty early here where Dev is really angry about uh, Sojourner overtaking Phoenix and like yeah. throws some stuff on the ground and storms off and is very cranky about all of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And and, and um, I like the it, throughout this episode, what we get is the one upsmanship, right? Which is mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. a race to Mars. And I would say from a. A, a, a bigger picture perspective, if there are three spaceships around Mars at once, like the space race, the race to the moon and all of that in our world, you know, it's not like there were there were two ships orbiting the moon and Armstrong and Aldrin got down first and the Russians were like, right. well, I guess we'll just go home, right? Like that, <laughs> they, they, they would have gone down too. And, and so on one level, I look at this and think, yes, it's a feather in your cap to be first. But at the same time, in the history books, if all three of you get to Mars, all it's going to say is that in 1994, uh, several missions landed on the surface. Like the, it, 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 it strikes me that this is a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not saying that they wouldn't do it. I'm just saying that it, it from a uh, just stepping back a, a second, this is this chase is a little bit silly because they're all going to Mars. They're all going to be the first people on Mars, kind of collectively. Um, right. It's not like one of them is going two years later. Right. In so, but yeah. instead, we do get this this for dramatic purposes, which which is great. Which is Helios is in the lead with Phoenix, and then the Jolly Roger deploys the solar sail, and that's going to speed up. Uh, the Pathfinder, Pathfinder, Sojourner, Sojourner, Sojourner. and yeah. they're going to get there faster, eight days faster, and this prompts the Russians to make to do, a uh, very bad unwise. decision and <laughs> light up their engines. Yeah, ramp up their engines to the point that they're going to overheat, uh, and essentially they figure out this is going to. I think Alita figures out like this is <laughs> this is bad news here, uh, and. They uh, call the Russians. Ellen happens to be there. We'll get into her little subplot here in a moment. But uh, Ellen, as president, calls the Russian ambassador, and they admit that their engines are melting down and will basically explode in 72 hours, which sets up the final real drama moments of this episode where there's two other ships out there, and the question is which one is going to go save everybody on the Russian ship. And basically, uh, so let's, now I'd like to introduce yeah, a new to... segment in NASA yeah. Vending Machine, which is called <laughs> Let's Talk About Maritime Law. Um, Ooh, like uh, I just, law just didn't expect didn't expect this. But this is what Ed is saying here, which is if there's somebody in trouble, 
you go rescue them. That's like the rule. That is right. the rule. And this is where we get Dev basically saying, one, no, <laughs> and two, NASA can do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And this is a, a brutal moment because you can see it coming, right? Like yeah. you got everybody in this room back at Helos and Ed's like, look, you know, he and Danny talk about it and they're like, well, you know, you're already in the lead and fine. We're going to, you know, we've got the room, right? Because we've got the converted hotel and yeah. so we can take the extra slack basically. Uh, and you guys have already basically got this in the bag. So we'll go back. It's fine. At which point Dev puts it to a quote unquote vote. <laughs> Yes, uh, Karen and uh, Bill, the NASA, a couple of our NASA veterans or adjacent veterans are like, well, duh. Yeah, you go help them. And everybody else in the room is like, yeah, yeah, all, all of uh, the guys Not- followers. And, and, and it, yeah, that line, it was the group's decision because Dev is like, hey, mm-hmm, hey, anybody mm-hmm. want to vote to do this stupid thing? No. OK, then we all agree. And Karen's like, yeah. It's a cover cover your ass moment, is yeah. what it is. Oh, it was them. I wasn't me. I'm not in charge. We're a collective. Yeah, yeah. It was the group's decision, and it's like again, Dev is uh, he's deflecting. He's using the group to insulate himself. It, it does prompt for my favorite line in this episode, which I wrote down, uh, where uh, so basically they lock out uh, Phoenix from being able to control their own ship. They have right. a back door. Uh, and they lock Ed and everybody out and say, you're not going back. Yep, they use his, pre- his prefix codes, his six-digit yep, Starfleet right. prefix That's right, lower codes. the shields. Yep. Uh, and so NASA is essentially forced into doing this because, you know, they're playing chicken, essentially, right? They're saying, we're not going to help them. If you don't help them, they'll die. That's up to you. Uh, so yeah, Danny has to turn around and go back which will end the mission, right? Because they don't have enough fuel is right. the problem. None of these ships have enough fuel to go back, save people, make... Re- you can't just turn around and go back to yeah. Mars without more fuel. Um, and I don't know. Are we uh, are we kosher on, on using a, a swear that is used in this episode? Sure, sure. I mean, they saw the episode. Uh, the, the, the swear Danny, was in there. Danny says, I work for the United States of America. You work for an asshole. <laughs> which made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Because uh, it's true. Yeah, um, yeah, I wrote that down too. It's a that's a it's a it's a great it's a great moment and defines legit, legit sort of like laugh. their um their their state of mind. Yeah. If you thought this ep- this show was going to be kind to the Silicon Valley uh, space firms, nope, not happening. No, uh, no, and and this I mean this is this is one of those moments where it's like, well, I guess we are the responsible ones then, and then yeah. and the not and yep. the unselfish ones, and we're gonna go. Uh, do it and look where it gets them, Dan. Look where it gets oh, them. Oh boy, yeah. So the uh, sojourner pulls up and they're bringing all the uh, Russians across on a tether. And this is the moment where they discover uh, that something. And this part I missed a little bit because there's 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 no captions on our screeners. Mm. Um, and uh, something is going to happen, which NASA figures out back in Mission Control yeah, that Alita, essentially there's a leak. Alita figures out that there's going to be a detonation. And they need to get out of there. But, of course, they're so far away from Earth at this point that it's going to take five minutes for the radio to get there. And it is used to good dramatic effect where our characters know what's going to happen on Earth, but the people in space don't know. And so it happens because they can't. Uh, they can't stop it. They don't know that it's happening, and so, the, and so one of the, the engines explosion. Even right, it's the fact it moves the ship right as it's the mass. Attached. One of the engines yeah. blows, and it pushes the Mars ninety four ship into Sojourner, um, and it crushes uh, one of our American crew people again, like like being rolled over by a steamroller. It's pretty gruesome. 
Um, and uh, our poor Scottish crew member, oh, Tony gets, Curran. Tony poor Curran, Tony gets, Curran, who appeared. You think to yourself, you see him in the episode. Oh, Tony Curran's so in proud. this show. Gingers in space. He was very proud yeah. of it. Well, guess what? He gets uh, whipped by one of those. Co- you don't want those whipping around uh, cables in space. Is the no, lesson of season three of For All Mankind? They're bad. They're real bad. Yep. Um, yep. And then uh, one of the Russian cosmonauts who was on the tether at the time basically gets like swung into the side of the ship yeah, in a very visceral scene where it's smat you can see even though he's facing away from you it smashes his faceplate basically yeah and the two, se- and like, two oh, ships are, are smashy smashy <laughs> and that's where the episode leaves us is it's a disaster people are dead the ships are smashed against each other the hope was to get the fuel out of the out of the russian ship in order mm-hmm. to get to mars but now we don't even know if the if anything can be salvaged from this and is Phoenix gonna have to go pick up everybody. Like, what is we? It's unclear where we are. Left hotel. No one's going to Mars this season, Jason. Everybody's just getting just on the in hotel a, in the space hotel. Yeah, yeah the back it, half of the season is space hotel. The series. Yeah, it's like the love boat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, a couple other things, minor plots in this episode. So we have Ellen. Um, she has promised this sort of clean energy economy based on this helium three. Right, mind on the moon. The, mm-hmm. the stand, uh, <laughs> the stand-in for Fox News does not really care for. Uh, yeah, I noticed that the, the one of the networks the co-workers out of out of business. Right. One of the networks is NNC, and I was wondering, is the other network XOF? <laughs> is is yeah. that, that what it is? <laughs> but it, it's it's a very interesting parallel to our sort of climate change uh, renewables. Uh, kind of switch mm-hmm. where here we get the electric cars early and we get fusion from the moon, which is a totally viable thing. This is a thing that people have talked about a lot, that there would actually be a lot of uh, of um, helium-3 that could be... Helium-3, is that right? That could be used yes, for, yep. for fusion fuel. And, uh, and so in this world, that all happens. And so you've got clean energy. And so the backlash is just like it is in our world, where it, it, in this case, it's what about coal miners and what about the oil industry? We, right. we, need, we need jobs. And, and so, so it's got a parallel, again, you know, 20, 30 years earlier, but it's a, it's a parallel which, you know, all this future economy comes at a, a, an economic cost and a political cost, which is the old energy system being put out of work. And obviously, the people who are the oil workers are not the kids in their shirt sleeves in Dev Ayesa's control room. And, you know, he's, you know, fusion billionaire or whatever. So, like, it's, it's, a parallel right to to clean energy versus kind of the old energy and the people in the old energy saying what about us right yeah and i was i was interested in the um there's a scene where the speaker of the house has come to ellen and right. is discussing this and we got to make a deal right you have like budget problems i was trying to figure out who if this was supposed to be an actual uh historical figure she calls him dick a couple times uh, but there was no uh, the the only the best no. I could find was that the uh, new Gingrich gets, leader. gets name checked. In Gingrich some point. gets mentioned, which is what made me wonder. And I was like, well, Dick Gephardt was the minority leader of the House at the time, but it like, doesn't really look like Dick Gephardt no. or sound like him either. So I'm not no. really sure. I guess I they, they just sort of it's a fictionalized guy who yeah. does a foghorn leghorn kind of yeah. accent, and that's just what yep. it is. Yeah, from, I checked. He's even, obviously I checked from the Mississippi too. And they were like, they just called him the Speaker of the House. Yeah. So I guess we're just going to sidestep that one. Um, and so there's also when when Ellen goes to NASA for a for like a photo op and like a you know good PR sort of thing, uh, there is a large protest right. 
basically by all the people who feel that Helium 3 is robbing them of their jobs. And among the people there is Jimmy Stevens, Gordo and Tracy's other son. Yeah. The slightly less creepy one, I guess. A different. He's got a different, <laughs> different path. Creepy. He's walking a different path. Yes, uh, which is to basically conspiracy theories. Yeah, he meets up with some protesters, including a guy who was one of the moon marines at Jamestown. I didn't check. I hope it's actually I, one of the actors who was yeah, in Yeah, I was trying two. to figure that out. He's like, I was there, man. I was there. And he's it's like, were you there when my parents up. died? And he said, no, I couldn't get there. I was out on the surface. But it's all, whatever happened is the moment, right? Where it's like, what do you mean, whatever happened? And he's like, it's a cover-up. Mild, and, and it's such a great view of that kind of a... A mindset where he's like my buddy mm-hmm. got shot in the back and like he wouldn't have let that happen it's like uh okay like that doesn't i've got, I've got bad news for you yeah that's what happened <laughs> that's but uh so so now uh he's getting kind of while his brother is creeping out uh else in in the solar system he's getting deep into the uh with the kind of hippies and the conspiracy theories and the anti-space people down on earth i'm not sure that's plot wise going anywhere it feels a little bit more like it's just uh one of the themes it's character development one of the themes of this this season really i think is going to be we've the first two seasons we parallel the we parallel the two families right Mm -hmm. and so here we've got um We've got the one family, which is the Baldwins, and it's Ed and Karen, and obviously they're still key characters in this, and their daughter, who is on the Mars mission with Sojourner. And then you've got the Stevenses, and it's they died at the end of last season, and now we are seeing the fallout on their children and their path, where one of them is a hero astronaut, but is super messed up and not healthy, and the other one is super messed up. Uh, and believes in conspiracy theories. And so I think that that is the reason we're spending so much effort. I would argue maybe too much effort in the case of Danny, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. is just a creep. And I, I, yeah, I think uh, I don't like that, that part of that the story. That has been established. But, but I, I, I see what they're trying to do here, which is these stories are about kind of like following, following the two families as, as the, the parents in one have died. And so their children are kind of, uh, imploding <laughs> and right. the other family where, who lost the son, right. But who has their daughter and they all are kind of doing their own thing. So I like, yeah. I like it in that sense, but I don't also, I'm not sure we're going to get a moment where our conspiracy theory theorists are going to, unless there's like an assassination attempt or something, but like, yes, it right, feels more right. like it's character color than anything. Yeah. And we have, so speaking of Danny, we have a scene, you know, a couple scenes with him. There's a bit with him on Phoenix where, one of the other crew members doing impressions of various movies oh, and man. then does the scene from the end. We know there was a Gordo from, Tracy movie yeah, with, with Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Yep. Uh, and he's like doing the scene. And da- of course, Danny comes in behind him and everybody else is like, oh, maybe stop. And he's like, no, I'm doing the scene. And then he sees Danny's there and Danny like drags him out in the hall and makes him do the death scene in front of him because Danny has some issues. He <laughs> is messed up. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that was the... the yeah. um. Ed Ed sort of swoops in and says, and again, Ed has got his illusions about this. He's sort of putting his relationship with Gordo on this. He feels guilty for Gordo's death. He wants to take care of this kid. He's giving this kid the benefit of the doubt because he's an astronaut. He's already done that by sort of like swooping in when NASA suspended him and taking him over and saying he'll be fine. And so here he's like, control your temper. And what Ed is missing is... everything else that is wrong with Danny yeah. here. He's just yeah. like, gotta, ta- gotta tamp it down, gotta keep it inside, and that's not gonna work with Danny. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> that's how you get Russian engines exploding. Too much pressure. Um, that's that's right. They this, they asked the reactor to keep it inside, and it was a no. That's yes, right. Yes, just like I have my feelings. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and I wanted to also mention we have a couple. Uh, um, I feel like a sci-fi. So not only some explicit sci-fi references, they make a joke about a fo- having a photon torpedo yep. to take out Sojourner. The guy does an alien impression. Oh, uh, that was, uh, <laughs> I, I am, I am good. There's one of my favorite scenes in, it's not in the movie. It's in the book. 2010 is mm. when the Alexei Leonov is going to Jupiter. And again, Russians and Americans in space, right? Um, they, uh, in the book, they mentioned that they want their movie night the other night was alien. And they're like, I don't know who put that one in the list. And they're like, Oh, it's great. And so I was thinking about that when, the, when the, he does the full on, you know, chest burster, put his, yes. puts his fist under his shirt and goes, ah, right. Like, uh, I had so this good. brief moment of thinking it was going to turn out like, cause the direct preceding scene of that is the scene where he's got like, what is it? They're growing the plants for eating and like the woman who is in charge of making the food gives one of the guys like a little baggie of yeah, like of his, salad. his salad yeah salad bag yeah, and, I, and I thought that I was like oh no is it going to turn out that this is all like toxic or something and I thought like it was going to be a segue into the guy being fake like fake sick but oh no he's really sick and something's terrible yeah. and, no, and I f- didn't go that way I feel the hydroponic thing is maybe also one of those things that's a seed planted for future uh-huh. issues uh-huh. just yeah, i mean it's planted. hard to say it's hard to say and they i think they do an artful job of it but there are moments where i think uh that's gonna come back For right sure. north korean yeah. probes growing you know growing having to grow your food to eat it these are yep. going to be things that that come back um yeah. were you going to mention uh the ed, scene ed, of ed running ed, yeah ed okay. running in the ring yeah 2001 yeah, that's yeah. a 2001 so I, straight up yeah I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I mean, you got a ring. He, the, he needs to keep in shape, right? And they did a good job. Somewhere. I mean, obviously, they built a little curved force perspective kind of set that they could do that on. And he's probably literally running on the exact same eight feet <laughs> over and over again in order to, but mm-hmm. it's artfully done. They, 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 this, this show, and we haven't seen not everything we see, just again, because we'll watch this a little bit in advance of everybody out there. Um, uh, not everything is a completed effect, but I will tell you, uh, even with what we've seen, this show looks like a million bucks. I'm very impressed yeah. with how it looks, and the and the artfulness of Ed running in the curved corridors of Phoenix is. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was. I thought well, it looked and great. a lot of the stuff is so subtle, right? Like that's not a flashy shot. I mean, because you don't even think about it. You're like, oh yeah, he's just running yeah. in a ring. But it's so well done that it's just like it seems real, right? Like. Yeah, so, it, yeah it, is, it is good. It is flashy if you know what it, if you think about it, right? But it's 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 presented matter of factly, which is yes, the, the nice exactly. thing about it. It's not there are shots in this that are very clearly like like the end we, where we it's like yes. we be impressed by this, please. But that yeah, is that is yeah. a little bit less of one. Um you didn't so we mentioned the iPod. I, I want to at least mention another thing that I thought was uh, fun in this, which is DJ Kelly. Yes, DJ Kelly. So she's broadcasting tunes because they're out there. All these three ships are out there, roughly the same place, going to Mars. And so she's broadcasting. MPAA isn't picking up that radio station. Yeah, well, she's outside of their jurisdiction. I think maritime law. (laughs) Maritime law applies. Now this brings us to a new segment uh, that we actually just introduced called "Facts About Maritime Law." Uh, That's why all those casinos are on those cruise ships, Dan. That's right. There's no law on the sea. That's why captains can marry you. Yeah. So uh, DJ Kelly is spinning the hits on her Newton pod out there 
and talking uh, and, and it's like a little Chris in the morning from Northern Exposure kind of like it's kind of a funny thing but I like it it's like a little bit quirky and it gives her a little personality well, and of course leads to the key moment where yes. a, where she gets a collar and now I'm going to switch to like Frasier <laughs> first, or something first right? time caller yes. hello uh, call from Mars 94 I'm listening and the answer is they are about to do dangerous thing uh, I think you can be trusted help us uh, oh, I must go and uh, that's just yes. our little foreshadowing. That's for our foreshadowing that something something bad is going to happen, which is is another great scene because it's it, otherwise I don't think we necessarily have the context because the scene that's right after that, which is the Mars ninety four firing up its engines, like you need the context that like this is not a thing they should be doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, it's just engines. That well, of course they have engines. No, they're supposed to be, you know. They're coasting. Yeah. Basically, they're doing a right? des- like, they're doing a desperation move because they are people in a totalitarian government who have been instructed to get to Mars first, and they're yeah. going to do it even if it risks their lives. And so we that yeah that call is so important. Also, one of the things stylistically about For All Mankind, the whole run has been we don't see inside the Russian spaceships. Right, mm, that's mm-hmm. just part of the deal. We 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 never as much as it would have been interesting, and I kept in season two waiting for the episode that was entirely from the Russian perspective it has never happened and so here we never see inside mars 94 so our our clue like in season two really is the radio um and and this and this message and it gives us not only the warning that it's going to happen but one of the other things i like about this is it gives us the sense as we did with the defector last year which is there are loyal soviets who are probably soldiers and like who are very loyal and will always do what is required and there are also people who are not sure maybe more independent thinkers more let's, call them. let's put it that way right and so for this guy to call kelly and say you need to help us this is re- they're going to do something really dangerous like it also is just that like they're not a mon- when we see them later and they're being brought on board it's on one level it's like geez the russians are here and on another level it's like yeah but i hope that guy wasn't but, the guy who called in <laughs> right <laughs> right and, and we have that yeah. we have that bit with the our, our defector too who is worried because he is pointing out they all see him as a traitor and he is like yes so he's we see a little bit of color yeah. with him because Super he tension, gets to talk tension, to his right. family and his family is very frustrated and then there's the other astronaut and he's like they like you better than me yeah, that was good uh but that guy later is like i got your back like yeah don't worry about it we're you know we're not gonna let him do anything yeah and, and uh, it, it it you know i i wonder <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> about that i'm concerned mm-hmm. i'm a little bit concerned about that uh that about that, our, that conflict. our friend roland yeah yes he's he may have some well because again some challenges Mar- there is maritime law there is no law in space uh so who knows what you know it's all gonna i mean i love that 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 drama of like they literally could do anything now and that is assuming that their ships haven't been smushed together as the, at the end of the episode so right so just right. just as last episode sort of set us up as okay just just i want to i want to take a moment to appreciate how uh how glorious this show is at just laying down plot that um the first three episodes of this season were a season mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and and here we are again like and now it's the going to mars part of the season and like you could have stretched this out. There, there, there was. Uh, I forget the name of it now. I watched a show about a mission to Mars that had an entire first season that ended with them lifting off. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm very impressed by the fact that they are pl- they are just continuing to uh, push along. Yeah, just like yeah, like we're going to tell you. I, I think we're going to get this season because remember, I think their plan is the, to do big time jumps between every season. I think this season is to and from Mars, right? So they got to yeah, they got to yeah. like they got to get us off the ground, they got to get us to Mars, they got to have drama on Mars and then they got to get us back from Mars. And right. so I, I love the pace of it, I guess is what I'm saying. And so but the fact that this episode starts off with the the cruise and the racing around and then ends with this disaster, um it's it it's just it's a great pace. I'm really enjoying the ride. Yeah. Uh the last sort of thread I wanted to mention which we talked about briefly is but it's worth touching on again is Margot has a couple scenes in here where like, so Ellen shows up and she's given the speech about how important NASA is. And uh, Alita is like, she's one of us. And Margot says, not anymore. She isn't (laughs) Uh, like Margot is extremely cynical about the nature of politics coming in. She makes reference to like everybody swooping in and taking all the credit for everything. And then of course, later on, she wants Ellen to basically she suggests Ellen like nationalize Helios yeah. to force Dev to go back and pick up the the Russians, which Ellen is like, uh, I'm not going to do that, <laughs> which is probably yeah. the right call. No, you've got to do this. This is a NASA thing. You you got to do this. And yeah, Margot. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know Margot's under a lot of pressure, and it's, it's a not, stressful time at work. And not just yeah, not just what she's <laughs> doing, but also the fact that she's got, had her you know KGB. Thing happen right? Like there's a lot going on with Marco right now. I will I will say once again in those moments I thought to myself, I'm not sure Marco's one of the good guys, but not right just because again, yeah, not that she's a uh, bad yeah. person, but that she is right. acting counter she's, to what we is, want the story to to do. Right? She, she is certainly at the very least in a bad situation. Yeah, she's kind and of is being an antagonist, com- compromised if nothing yeah. else, literally. Yeah. But like, yeah, and being yeah. an antagonist to the plot in many ways, which is fascinating, right? Because it's a character who we've kind of gone along with, and who is now is sort of like kicking against for various reasons, kicking against. Uh, the story that we want to tell and that the other characters are kicking toward. And I think that's fascinating. So I, I, I like the, and, and as you pointed out um, uh, this time and, and sort of throughout the season, Margo's always been bad with, you know, people. people. <laughs> so, yep. so it's, it fits, it fits that. It's, it's, too. And it's fun to have Alita who doesn't get a lot of time in this episode, but like as a counterweight yeah. to being somebody who like, she's impressed. She's legitimately impressed by Ellen's speech, right? Like she's, you know, she definitely, even yeah. though she has her own struggles in dealing with people, as we've seen last season, where she can be kind of abrasive, she's clearly learned more tact yes. than Margot had. Yes, for sure. So. It's, it, and it's great to see. Well, wow. I hope there's an episode five. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, that ended, I guess wow. nobody's going to Mars. They Everybody gets crushed. Got crushed by ships. That's, that's a bummer. Wow. A bummer. Uh, kills. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, that, that's a that's going to be a tough wait between episodes. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, anything? Any last thoughts, or shall we no. wrap up on? No, nope, a lot four? of fun. That is happy Valley. It's, we must note because it's mandatory. As disappointed as I was when Ellen is walking through the corridors of NASA headquarters, no vending machine, Jason. It's somewhere else. We haven't seen it. Where is though? They're saving that for like a really dramatic moment when the vending is machine it possible is. that it's on Sojourner and they're going to leave it on Mars. <laughs> 
You're going to bring the vending told machine you. to Mars. I told you. I think bringing a vending to- machine to Mars is the perfect solution to this I, problem. You know what? Actually, you know what it is? It's Helios, and they've got a sponsorship deal from Mars, the candy right. company, ah. to have to have like M&Ms be the uh, first candy Unfortunately, it's all written in Cyrillic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Mars bars. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, uh, Happy Valley is the landing site. That's what that is. That's why oh, that's it's right. called Dan- that. Danny Danny calls it. It's which it's Val. Is it Valley Marin? I can't remember no, which I, one I, it is. She yeah. has a name there. It's the actually they refer to it as an actual like the name that it the the Latin name it has, and she says she's referred to it as Happy Valley. Yeah, that's so. That's where they're go. going. That's where they're going. All right, well, that is it for Season 3, Episode 4 of For All Mankind. We will, of course, be back next week to mm. discuss a Episode 5. What will happen? Oh. It's mysteries about <laughs> I think so that person's going to remain crushed, though, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. They're not just going to unroll her like a, <laughs> like a, like a Riley <laughs> Ky- Wiley Coyote, and yeah. she's up, you know, mm-hmm. blow into her thumb, and then she pops out again. I no. don't think so. All right, well, we will be back to discover what is the fate of all our various Mars-bound astronauts. Uh, but until then, I would, of course, like to thank my co-host, Jason Snell, for being here. Uh, dos vidania. Dos vidania. Thank you to everybody out there for listening to NASA Vending Machine. And tune in next week as we go onward to Mars. Some of us, anyway. <laughs>